0: The Life and Times of the Dirty Pair, a podcast where we go through episode by episode of the Dirty Pair anime, and from the perspective of a classic anime fan, a modern anime fan, and someone who has never seen Dirty Pair at all. And uh, with me, as always, is my co-host Liam Cunningham, a.k.a. Lack the Watcher. How's it going, everybody? And m- moving into our guest spot this time around is Jeff Gwynnup, also known as Writer's Block hi how's everybody doing all right now um we have uh, tied jeff to this chair and uh, hooked him up to a car battery and a lie detector so jeff for the record and the benefit of all those that are listening you have not
1: seen dirty pear
0: at all in any form until we gave you your homework for this recording correct
1: well no i have not but you know no need for such formalities i mean you haven't taken me to dinner first <laughs>
0: No, we seriously there's, aren't tormenting
2: there's, him. There's, no, it's there's okay. no whining and dining prisoners.
0: None. So, this yeah, shows no. you how we recruit our guests for this podcast.
2: We in violate reality, the Geneva
0: Convention.
2: In reality in reality it's just Aaron DMing people saying, Hey, you want to do this?
0: Oh yeah, just kill the magic. Kill the magic, why don't you? <laughs> You're probably the guy who yells out how the magician does his tricks on stage, too.
1: (laughs) Pay no attention to the normal, sane people behind the the curtain.
0: (laughs) Alright, so um, last time we talked about Affair of Nalandia and basically went over an overview of the Dirty Pair franchise as a whole. Now, we don't know how long this particular episode is going to be because um, we're only covering the first episode... Of the Dirty Pair TV series, we will show you how to kill a computer. Or if you're going by the Nozomi release, to kill a computer.
2: Which <laughs> sounds like a Harlan Ellison title. Well, that's yeah. kind of the weirdest,
1: weirdest how-to manual. I mean, everyone knows the way to kill a computer is to take three three office nerds, put it in the field, and stomp it to death. No, that's only that's only for printers, not computers. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, oh, damn! Those guys are dead now. Yep, they are.
0: (laughs) Alright, let's actually get into this. Um, So uh, this is the first episode of the TV series, as I mentioned, and it's a fairly basic introduction to uh, Kay and Yuri and their general shtick, and what's actually kind of unusual is this is them at home. That's the the, uh, fun thing.
2: And we'll, we'll go into my feelings about that more after you've done the...
0: The recap? The synopsis.
2: Yeah. All right, so
0: this is really, as the title implies, this is really a very basic sci-fi trope story. Basically, in Eleanor City, on the unnamed planet where 3WA headquarters apparently is, um, Kay and Yuri live in this giant tower, which is apparently both living quarters and part of this massive complex of Eleanor City on the home planet. And everything in the city is run by a giant computer named Brian. (laughs) Can you figure out the anagram? It's not terribly clever!
2: (laughs) I was going to make a Life of Brian joke, but... (laughs) I would have made a Brian Griffin reference, but...
0: (laughs) <laughs> it's an anagram for brain, gentlemen. <laughs>
2: we uh, figured, yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, not a very good <laughs> yeah, one.
2: Yeah, I thought you said acronym.
0: <laughs> I said. Does it,
2: an- does it count? Does it count as an okay. anagram when uh when it's only two letters switched?
0: I don't know. Basically, if you go by the strictest definition of the word anagram. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm. uh, anyway, I it was
2: more
1: of a there's more of a concussion thing. <laughs> <laughs> or
0: maybe just a linguistics thing. Maybe linguistics? Jesus Christ. Linguistics. No. <laughs> <Hello>. There's <laughs> yeah, some linguistics.
2: Not <laughs> <Yeah. More laughs> some lingu-
1: linguistics here. With some better cheese. God. Well, there goes our
0: Italian audience. Um.
2: How even there Sorry, Joey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Joey Numbers will not be joining us for <laughs> the remainder of Trouble mm-hmm. Consultants.
2: I met I met Joey, but
0: oh yeah, sorry, it, it, I'm a... not familiar with his work, so I didn't know.
1: Uh, okay. It's okay, he'll be back. I know a guy. Let's go work. Yeah.
0: <laughs> all right. So anyway, Brian, in typical sci-fi computer fashion, basically one day goes absolutely bonkers and starts turning all the systems in the entire city against the populace. Everything from security robots, to construction equipment, to the thermostats, which is where we find Kay and Yuri in their apartment, where Kay is burning to death in one room and Yuri is freezing to death in the other. I mean, well, it's livable, you know, but it's extremely hot and extremely cold. The computer is insulting them. There's a great bit where Kay says it's broken and the computer says, no, you. (laughs) Literally, that's what goes on the screen.
2: No, you. No, oh, oh, so you. Oh, so it's using the debate club method, pretty yeah. much. I was gonna say, "Dirty Pair" invented millennial humor.
0: Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> Thirty years early, because this came out in uh, 1985, according to the uh, according to the copyright
2: date. Ta- Takachiho was a visionary. He predicted millennials. Yep, he did.
0: Actually, we'll get into that after I do the recap too, because I want to bring this up because I think this is uh, this was something that occurred to me when I was rewatching this episode, and I'll uh, come back to that in a minute. Um, really, this is a fairly basic, bare bones plot. Uh, the computer's going crazy. Kay and Yuri decide to do something about it and have a series of wacky adventures as they try to get to as they try to get to Brian's brain and shut him down. The computer, of course, throws everything at them from lethal elevators to security robots to basically foiling their first attempt using a giant goddamn laser to take out his central processing core by putting a fucking mirror right in front of it. So, but as it turns out, uh, Brian's main reason for doing this is he found out that there was a device called the Z-Box, which is either, you know, which is designed pretty much to um, shut him down in case of just such an emergency, but he somehow manages to override it. It's never specified how. Yeah. yeah. You, know, <laughs> you know, the Z-Box. Yeah. It must be a Microsoft product. Oh! Hey-o! <laughs> Wop,
2: womp womp. <laughs> oh, um, my God, Brian is Project Scarlet. Yes. <laughs> right, let's just hope they didn't put
1: XP Windows XP on it. Yeah. <laughs>
2: right, right is like I do not accept DRM. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but um and
0: pretty much their final solution to the whole thing because one of the first things they do is this thing is to indicate that they that warp technology has been discovered. Now here's the interesting thing. There's 3000 planets into the three in the 3WA canonically and apparently humanity spread out across the galaxy in the span of 20 years because it says we've only had warp technology for 20 years.
2: Yeah. Can the audience say bullshit?
0: Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and they've colonized 3,000 oh. planets across the galaxy. Okay.
2: Okay, to, to be fair, they do establish in the very first line of this of the first episode that it's been like 20 years since they discovered warp technology. So it's like, okay, I guess it does. it is believable that they could at least sort of colonize a lot of planets in a short period of time.
0: And it's kind well, of implied that Eleanor City might be the only settlement on this
1: planet. Yeah. It well, seems also, to
0: be Yeah, go ahead, Jeff. Also
1: we also we don't really also I don't uh, do, uh I don't remember, do we get it like a numerical uh a numerical year? Uh something like 2137 or 38.
2: Yeah, something like that. Yeah. They they they've always they been kind of they've always been kind of fast and loose with the dates.
1: Well, it's also possible they could have at least fa- they could have uh started colonizing started colonizing around, like, say, the year the anime was made, like, you know, say in this alternate al- you know, alternate universe, they, you know, sent ships out... No, that's just it. Colonizing. They basically
0: implied that colonization couldn't even happen until the warp technology was discovered. So, hmm. that's the basic well, I mean... implication, is that it was warp technology being discovered, which is what allowed the colonization to happen.
1: Well, okay, um... I suppose I suppose like you I could mean it is it is
0: colonize. the early it is the early to mid 2100s so you know there could be like you know who knows what kind of advancements technologically there is which we'll get into again but yeah. let's uh, but the reason I bring up the warp technology is the solution to the problem everything that the dirty fair tried to do to stop Brian fails until two things happen which are both gloriously stupid <laughs> um First off, because they know they can't finish it and Brian is touting his intelligence, Kay asks him to asks him to figure out which one of them is the better woman, her or Yuri. <laughs> and when Brian is like, this is ridiculous, this is meaningless, she's like, oh, you can't do it, huh? <laughs> and pretty much, you know, this stupid taunt actually works and Brian starts working it out.
2: Like, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting how that's kind of like the antithesis of like Hitchhiker's Guide where like it's the computer that gives the answer that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But in this case it's the humans giving a question that doesn't make any
0: sense. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So he like literally seems to be spending all of his runtime trying to work this out, like going through everything, much to the horror and it's displaying it on terminals on video terminals all over the city, much to everybody's horror who may not have even realized just the scale of destruction that Kay and Yuri rock. Right, wreck, reek, rock, wreck. Uh. Rock. Linguistics. Rock. Linguistics.
2: <laughs> Linguistics. Linguistics. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Brian could have saved a lot of time if he had just given the right answer, Yuri. But oh, Yeah, but,
0: <laughs> but there we go. Anyway, um... So basically, while Brian's distracted with this, Kay just gets the local warp point junction out in space to tel- the, to warp anything, where into we're in literally into Brian, up to and including what is, and I quote, an old dejunct ship we haven't been able to offload anywhere else. So, basically, the last one of the last shots of this episode is half of a spaceship sticking out of Brian's CPU. Oh, and the whole building over the course of the thing ends up tilting off at like a 45 degree angle. And the beauty of it is, it stays that way every time we see that building throughout the TV series.
2: Suck on that, BoJack Horseman. <laughs>
0: Yeah, you think you were the guys who did it with the Hollywood thing? Nope, this thing did it thirty years ago. Thirty-five 30 years ago. 30. Alright, so that yeah, that's basically the premise, aside from a few, you know, fun little gags here and there. Like when Kay and Yuri first go out, they they find this they're in this maintenance corridor that's flooded. And there's, like, a guy asleep on a bed who just goes floating away. He doesn't even know what's going on. Some kids float by in another bed doing the whole river raft Huck Finn thing. They ask for help. They call them old ladies. Now, keep in mind, Kay and Yuri are 19. This is established. <laughs> so it's just, like, mm-hmm. you know, um, when they find a bunch of people, they're, like, wearing clothes over their battle bikinis. They throw them off and get all triumphant. And the first reaction is, what are female wrestlers doing here? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Um, okay, all right. Yeah, go ahead. I was, I, was, I was wondering something because going back to warp technology for a minute, because I'm, my mind is still kind of on this. Um, because of the fact they're um, jumping ahead a little bit, there's a few Star Trek references in this.
0: Oh, yeah, there is, curious, there is right there at the I mean, beginning one of the displays that when Brian's going crazy yeah. in their apartment is the entire catalyst of the original Star Trek.
2: Right, I was curious to see when Zephram Cochrane first appeared on Star Trek, and apparently it was in 1967. So I guess that does kind of make sense, that that the idea of warp technology would already have been established and inspired what they did in Dirty Bear. Maybe! So, Maybe! I don't, I don't know, I've never been a hardcore Trek guy, so I've...
0: As far as I knew, the last thing... The only time I ever heard of Zephyrin Cochran was when First Cut, First Contact First came out. Contact, so I thought he yeah. was like an original creation just for that. I had no idea that he was actually mentioned in the original series. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, speaking of tech... Um, what I love about watching old 80s sci-fi anime... Is that you see... It's, it's just one of those things that's funny in hindsight is that you can watch as much old 80s 70s and 80s sci-fi anime as you want and nowhere while you'll find various communicators and things like that nowhere will you find anything that resembles a smartphone yeah like nobody even considered the technology that we have now pretty much like and i just i just yeah, find that I'll, funny even though i do again like i said before i really I'm love of- 80s anime sci-fi aesthetics I just love the way it all looks.
1: Yeah, it's all, ex- all it's all over exaggerated and 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 neon and glowing mm-hmm. and everything.
2: Yep. And you've got you've got like you've got like essentially what is Skype, but that was that was like foreseen by like Arthur C. Clarke. Yeah. Two thousand one, a space odyssey. Interestingly, I do think if they bring the dirty pair back to some degree, if they like reboot them in a new anime, I guarantee you they will. Well, this is what I would do. I would make them like Instagram stars. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, well, well, um, panty,
1: uh, panty and stocking are something of, uh, are something of an homage to Dirty Pair.
2: Yeah, they're, they're yeah, I, I, to some degree, yeah. I mean, you gotta understand, in spite of how not known they are by Western audiences, mostly. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, they're more now than they were, like, say, five, six years ago, but. They were super influential for a lot of things for Japan. Well, basically, so,
0: they started what is now the whole subgenre of what is now known as girls with guns or girls gun guns or gun bunnies. I've heard both.
2: Yeah, gunsmith cats. Uh, like uh, you're under arrest. Bubblegum like crisis. That. Bubblegum crisis.
0: Both yeah. versions. <laughs> yeah. Side note: Somebody asked me I was mentioning Bubblegum Crisis online someday. and So now, are you talking about the original or Bubblegum Crisis twenty forty? And my response was: If I meant Bubblegum Crisis twenty forty, I would have
2: said Bubblegum Crisis twenty forty. I like, I like twenty forty. I haven't right. had a chance.
0: I, in all honesty, I just, I, I, I've only seen a couple of episodes. I, it's just one of those things where the art style just really turned me off. Because it was that yeah. late 90s, early 2000s art style, and it was just like, eh, I don't think so. It's like, this This doesn't look like Bubblegum Crisis to me. I mean, I didn't expect yeah. it to look like the 80s, but the 80s anime, but I didn't expect, but it was just like, eh. But that's a side note, regardless. Yeah. We are not talking Bye. about Bye. Bubblegum Crisis. We're talking Bye. about this. <laughs> All right, that said, uh, Jeff, as someone who has not watched Dirty Pair before now, what were your thoughts on this particular foray into disaster?
1: Well, I would say that as uh, uh, as a newcomer, relative newcomer, um, uh, I don't have any sort of. Uh, it it doesn't really. In, it didn't really like get me to want to watch more because, yeah. like, it just kind of throws you into the action. It just is nonstop. You, it, it, it's this isn't an episode where you get to learn about the characters a whole lot. Yeah, it's yeah. it's very plot driven. That being said, the gags were pretty good. Uh, uh, it, although some, although sometimes it does it, it does make uh, um, U- uh, Yuri and um, I'm sorry I forgot the other one's name K K K. It does make Yuri and Kay kind of look like you know kind of look like you know selfish spoiled brats. But then again, they're yeah. also but then again, they're teenagers. I mean, they don't seem, they don't really, they, they don't really seem to be, you know, trying to get it to, you know, try, trying to stop Brian to save the day so much as just, it's a huge inconvenience. That's not
0: unusual. That's actually a pretty fair assessment, wouldn't you say, Liam? They, unless, uh, the, if I they're would. not actually on a mission, K and Yuri do tend to act kind of selfish in their downtime.
2: I, I would say that's a very fair assessment because that's how I felt the first time I watched this episode. <laughs> um, actually, uh, um, Jeff, being a comic book guy, had you ever seen like um, have you ever seen like Bruce Timms' drawing of the Dirty Pair or anything like that? Or Adam like, Warren's
0: don't... take on it or anything like that?
2: Uh, no, I never did. Oh, and uh, there was also um, the artist. I think he did a lot of Tomb Raider comics. mm Hmm. Um, I think he did was it Adam Hughes? It might have been Adam Hughes. He might have done uh, a drawing of the dirty pair or something like that. Now that you
1: mention it, bringing it back and thinking about the designs that he uses for characters, I can see a little bit of an influence there.
2: And I know Bruce Tim did one too, and I it's really, yeah, yeah, actually, it's really I guess he did a cover for the comic. So that's actually interesting. For the Adam uh, Warren comic? Yeah, apparently. Huh. This is what I'm this is what I'm about to share, so Okay. So
0: Oh yeah, that's definitely Bruce Tim.
2: Yeah. Oh yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. You can spot Bruce Tim's style a mile away. Yeah. Bruce Tim, you son of a bitch, I knew you were. You can I dare you. You meet Bruce Tim at a convention, that's <laughs> how you greet him. Bruce Tim, you son of a bitch, I knew you were. Freedom like Patton, <laughs> Bruce Tim, you magnificent <laughs> bastard! I've seen your art.
2: <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: yeah, so that is a fair criticism. That yeah, this is very much kind of an in media res kind of episode.
2: Yeah, um, I don't know why they thought this was a good idea for a first episode. Well, see,
0: here's the thing. It again goes back to that old thing, that whole thing from the way they made and made anime then versus now, because. With this with this franchise, you can pretty much just pick up anywhere. There's no real continuity. Yeah. To these, N- hardly any project ever refers back to anything prior to it. That's the thing.
2: It is true, and you know what? I'll say this: I liked this episode way more this time around than I did the first time. Yeah. So,
0: so you know, yeah, um, I, I it might not be the I, best one to start off with, but it gives you a general overview of what it is, and then as yeah. time goes on, it tends to. Uh, get in there, but we're kind of looking at each of these in a bubble, as it were, because we want to try to get as many new reactions as we can.
1: The episode's not terrible. I I didn't, like, you know, regret watching it or anything like that. It's just, in terms of, like, an introduction, I would not recommend. But, Mm. you know, uh, I would probably just, like, find uh, something that actually does uh, do a proper introduction to the characters and then move from there.
0: Well, the thing is, there really isn't... (laughs)
1: Yeah, <laughs> There really um, isn't. Well, I mean, that's kind of why we talked about
0: how it's you, probably a good idea to start with Affair of Nolandia when... Yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: But even then, you'll be like, where does this psychic shit come from?
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, it's the only time the psychic shit shows up in the anime, that's the other yeah. thing. So, it's really not an issue. It's like it's like you chuck that up. Oh, that's early episode weirdness. That's before they had gelled everything yeah. together.
2: And it's not like... Not to skip ahead a little bit here for episodes, but the thing is, they establish themselves as so much more competent and so much more mature in later episodes. Yeah. And it's it's like... And that was the thing, too. I was like, okay, this didn't really, like, capture me, but I'll give it a few more episodes. And by, like, episode three, I was like, okay, this is great. I see why this is so beloved by, you know, by cult anime fans. Yeah. You know? So... And old
0: guys, like me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right, Um. So, no, we, uh, so, yeah, I think we're all in pretty much consensus that uh, To Kill a Computer is not the best episode to start with. But fortunately you don't have to if you don't want to. Like I said, this is not a continuity heavy franchise. So if you get the DVDs and you want to start somewhere else, go right ahead. You know, you can do that and you won't get lost. So yeah. I will
2: say the animation's very good. Oh it is. Oh yeah. It's great. Oh yeah.
1: The animation's animation's great.
0: The chase scene on the outside of the building between while they're on that little hover skimmer and the guard robots, I really like that. I mean if you're watching the YouTube version, there's a clip of that right, there, right in the intro. Any uh, any further thoughts, gentlemen?
2: Um, seems like we're cutting this a little more short than I thought we'd be. Honestly, well,
1: but... I, I, I will say this: the the idea at the end to essentially just warp everything but the kitchen sink into Brian's head, uh, into Brian's CPU was kind of a what well, was kind of an odd choice, but you know it it. It it definitely served the purpose and it fit the tone for the, show, for the for the episode.
2: There's an element that you have to accept with Dirty Pair is that even though it's actually written by a very smart writer, it's not meant to be taken that seriously. Mm-hmm. This is and not
0: hard sci-fi.
2: Yeah, it's this it's is really not
0: this is soft serve
2: sci-fi. It's 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 a really good sci-fi writer who's just like I just want to write a story where pretty girls in very little clothing go around and fight crimes
0: and blow shit up.
2: And blow shit up. I just want
1: to have some fun. Yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah.
0: With the basically, it's it is. I mean, somebody put this uh, elsewhere when I was doing preliminary research on the history of it. Pretty much, this is kind of you know bringing the aesthetics of wrestling into sci-fi, more or less. Yeah. With the -the over-the-top plots, the the girls in very little clothing, (laughs) and uh, all that. You know, I mean and they even lampshade it with the what are who what are the female wrestlers doing here?
2: <laughs> yeah, that's right. I, I never noticed that the first time, but the first time I watched it I had no idea about the whole beauty pair thing and stuff like that. So It's like, it's say like,
1: who ordered the green alien space babes? We're not green <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, um but
0: by and large, yeah. I think that pretty much covers it. I mean like I said, this it because it's only a half hour episode, these These initial ones, we're probably not going to... We'll see what happens. It depends on the content, but like I said, this is a very bare-bones episode.
2: It's it's weird how Ghoulie is heard voiceover, but we never actually see him.
0: Yeah, when do we actually see him for the first time?
2: Yeah, I think it's the next episode, honestly. I'm pretty sure it's...
0: Yeah, Chief Ghoulie, the pair's long-suffering boss. Uh, I'm
1: surprised he hasn't had a heart attack yet. If... 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 Hmm. Can't can't be any can't be any more stressed out than Inspector Gadgets and uh yeah. Inspector Gadgets boss.
2: I was gonna say if if Inspector Zenigata had Lupon as a <laughs>
0: <laughs> I just keep thinking of that. I, just, I got that Patton Oswald bit going through his head where it's like basically it's like you know Obama's the cocky young cop and Joe Biden's the cranky old captain. Obama, did you balance the budget again? It was just <laughs> sitting there, Chief. You wrecked 20 cars! Senate's going to have my ass for this! <laughs> Whatever, Chief. Brrr, drives off in a cool Chevette on two the wheels. That crazy the case, kid. This job's going to kill me.
1: You're off the case, Mr. President. Hand in your tie.
0: <laughs> oh, if only, it would, it. if only it were that Hand easy in your these Twitter. <laughs> if only it were that easy these days. Uh, <sighs> anyway, but that's neither here nor there. All right, mm-hmm. so I think we've pretty well, now that we're off on those tangents, I think we've pretty well picked the bones clean on this one. Yeah. Um, hopefully we'll have more to talk about as we go. I know for a fact there are several other episodes with a lot more interesting things that we can sink our teeth into. But by and large, To Kill a Computer, not a bad episode, but not the best episode to start with either.
2: This might be an interesting thing to... to think about for future episodes is having some of like our guests back on yeah i was like thinking
0: of that too i was actually thinking we might do that is have yeah, people it, come back to some oh, of the yeah. later episodes and yeah. all that and like
2: if, if they continued the series at all you know if, if they uh, yeah you know on the
0: their own time things. or if uh, yeah. they just
1: watched what we give them as homework
2: <laughs> yeah all
1: right yeah. uh well, yeah. well hey anytime you guys want me to come back uh, i'd be i'd be totally willing all right awesome That'd be great. All right, so I think There's- that'll be it. So next time
0: we'll move on to episode two, which I believe Liam, you said is actually one of your favorite episodes. Do lovely
2: angels like chest hair? Um, honestly, I can't even remember what my favorite episode is <laughs> at this point, but I do remember. I do remember this one pretty well. Plus, I, I I do think it establishes their characters a lot better. So, all
0: right. Well, we will definitely talk about that next time. Um, so, uh, oh, this I forgot to do on the last thing. So, um, Jeff, if people would like to find you on the social medias or around the internet, where can they find you?
1: Well, uh, you guys can find me on Twitter. Uh, it's Writers Block W R I T R Z B L O K. I know. Uh, um, uh, also, I have a uh, also I have a weekly or at least semi weekly. Uh, uh, article, uh, article, article blog. It's writersblock uh, at blogspot com. Uh, I am. I have an up. I have actually got a treatment going for a article for the for the Hobson Shaw review. So I will have that up uh, sometime uh, tomorrow night, I think. But uh, anyway, yeah, you, those are the those are the places you can find me. All right, and Liam, where can people find you on the social media?
2: Uh you can find me at Lack the Watcher on Twitter. Uh I've also at Instagram. Uh there if you go there, that'll pretty much lead you to pretty much everything I'm doing, including my YouTube, where I do anime reviews and some editorials. Recently I just did a look at the artistic influences of Hirohiko Araki, the creator of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. And I'm also working on another thing that actually isn't anime. It's going to be K pop related, and I'll explain more of that in the future. So all right. And you
0: can find me on the social media on Twitter at Shallow15, S-H-A-L-L-O-W-1-5. You can also find me on YouTube. Uh, there are no real, aside from this uh, podcast at the moment, there are no real major updates, but stuff is coming in the pipeline uh, in October. Um, that is YouTube.com backslash DubiousCon, D-U-B-I-O-U-S-K-H-A-N. And uh, so on and so forth. I'm old. I don't do the Instagrams like you youngsters. I don't.
2: I'm Aaron Aaron Mills, and I'm old.
1: (laughs) Pretty much. Pretty much. Hello, this is Internet Dad.
0: (laughs) Yeah, surrogate Internet Dad. That's me. Thank you. All right. Uh, So uh, thank you very much, Jeff, for joining us on this episode of Trouble Consultants. Uh, So, uh, yes, uh, if anybody would like to make any sign-offs, go right ahead.
2: Uh Yuri's best girl. I don't know. <laughs> and, and and hey, next time I come
1: back you can use the handcuffs and the and the clamps.
0: <laughs> You're enjoying this way too much. Alright, thank you very <laughs> much, folks. Thanks time for tuning in. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time for Do Lovely Angels Bye. Like Chest Hair. Bye.